Welcome to Showing Up Solo with Hannah and Nicole, your guides to navigating online marketing for your business. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Showing Up Solo. Today, Nicole and I are joined by Jennifer Lee Gunson of JPod. I'm sorry, I've blanked on the name. Okay. That's okay. It's called JPod Creations. J-Pod I also forget Creations. it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, so um, Jennifer Lee is a podcast expert, really uh, creator, manager, consultant, the lot. Um, so why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got into podcasting, Jennifer Lee? Okay, so we'll go way back, but uh, my background is actually theater and film acting, and so I'm actually a trained actor um, in film and theater, and I'm also, um, I was trained in directing for theater as well. I went to University of Uvic, and I did their uh, directing program near the end of my degree, where they picked four directors, and I thought... That's where I was heading. I was going to be an actor. And then I realized I wanted a steady paycheck. So that probably was not going to be the right area (laughs) for me. Um, So I decided to go and get more training and I ended up becoming a radio broadcaster. I'm not exactly sure what happened. I originally was going for the journalism program. I think you would have put a demo or something. I remember the radio program reached out to me and they're like, we love your voice can you come in for an interview? And I was like, okay, like I always thought about radio on my way to university and stuff because like, I loved it and I loved listening to the morning shows, but I I never necessarily thought about it. So I went in, got accepted, decided why not? Let's go for it. It's like performing. Uh, it just, it can be more steady. And the joke is now it's funny because anyone that ever uh, meets a radio broadcaster is you make no money either. So I'm really great at picking careers, except it was a steady paycheck. So I, I felt like I won on that one goal. <laughs> and so I ended up becoming a radio broadcaster and um, I started my career way up north because that's where you do it you apply all over Canada you have to start in a very small town and they actually tell you day one in broadcasting that here's the door welcome to the radio school if you can't move you're never gonna make it like if you don't want to be here you can go and so I was like determined I was like I don't care I'll work anywhere I really want to do radio so I moved all the way up to Fort St. John which is really far and very different when you've grown up in the lower mainland with millions of people and then you are in a town of 20,000 people it is and snow like we don't know what snow is like down in Vancouver that's snow up there like that's real like cold six months you have to actually plug your car in or it won't start uh so I got a crash course and what it's like to live in snow and to be a radio announcer. And so I started my career on 101.5 The Bear, which is a rock station up there. And at the time it was owned by Astral Media, which is now Bell. And so it was great. It was I got my first big show Monday, Friday, four hours uh, of show during the day, other four hours doing other stuff like prep and uh, other office things. And then I did that for about a year and nine months, and it was time for me to move to my next market, which is a medium-sized market, which is rated, and for anyone that doesn't know that, it's like when they rate the shows, so it's kind of like how podcasts are rated, but in radio terms, medium and larger markets are rated, and that's how they get the numbers of who's number one, who's number two, and then that's really how the advertisers can decide to like who 
they want to advertise on because they want to be on the number one show or the number two show. And so you want to go to a rated market for your next one, which is your like middle sized, because then that will feed you into a bigger market like Calgary or Vancouver or maybe even Toronto. So I got my next job in Prince George, which was like a city compared to Fort St. John is like 80,000 people and they had a mall. So I was like, I'm moving on up <laughs> to Prince George. And so it was great. And I worked with the Jim Pattison group at the time. And I was the midday announcer, which I was Monday through Friday. Again, I was very lucky to get another full-time show right out the gate because I'd only been doing it for a year and nine months. And so that was my next gig. I was also the music director, which is really cool because there's a lot of misconceptions about how the radio station picks their music, but there's an actual person that does it. And it's not like, I don't get to just pick whatever I want to listen to. There's actually a process. I'm actually looking at four different charts that uh, they have hired somebody for the radio station to actually scientifically think what people in Prince George want to listen to on. I was on a kind of like a soft pop. I was on a hot AC, which is like rap and, and other popular music. It was kind of popular music without the rap, but not super old. It's not like a QMFM. It was kind of in the middle. So <laughs> it was like no rap, but popular songs. So Katy Perry and Justin Bieber and all that. And so you follow four different charts that somebody scientifically have said, we need to follow these four charts. I would pick the music from there uh, weekly. I would defend it to my boss. We'd play clips and he'd be like, why should this be on the station? And I'd be like, well, it's number one in this market. And I think it sounds like it would fit on the river. I worked on 101.3, the river at the time. And then he'd be like, yes or no. And then I'd put it into uh, the station. So I learned a lot about the scientific of like why we listen to music and where, where the music goes and, and why, why we rotate songs so much in an hour, because a lot of people think like you guys play the same songs over and over again. It's like, we don't, but we do, but it's because technically you you're not it's not meant that you're listening to the radio for eight hours a day yeah it's and funny I I didn't imagine <laughs> that much went into it in my head I think radio broadcaster I think Fraser Crane <laughs> 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 you know? or um I was I was at um my university had a had a student radio station and I did get to be in there uh, we had a, a soap opera <laughs> and I was one of the actors of the soap opera on the on the radio student program. radio station but yeah I didn't realize it was like so involved so how did you move from this world into podcasting then yeah so I actually went right after um the river so I went on a bit of a tangent about music directing I like sort of nerding out on it but <laughs> just because I find it so fascinating to this yeah. day and I went and got my next job in Vancouver, which was totally opposite from radio DJ, but is still in the air. I actually was the traffic helicopter reporter for CKNW. So I was the eye in the sky. So I would fly around and report on traffic, which was probably the most amazing job. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to top it because who gets to ride in a helicopter every single day? I did that for about four years, but 
I started to really think, and this is just before COVID, I was just really starting to think about the changes in the broadcasting industry, because if people follow the news, there's a lot of people losing their jobs in the radio industry and even in the TV industry. And it's just, it's shifting and it's not necessarily a bad change. It's just the fact that, you know, we're getting more options. There's podcasts, there's YouTube, there's a lot of different ways to get your news and there's a lot of different ways to get your entertainment. Uh, there's TikTok. And so I just knew, I guess I'm so passionate about broadcasting that there's going to be a shift somewhere and I'm not exactly sure what that's going to look like. I know a little bit more now how it's going to look like, but back then I wasn't sure. And I said, I want to be a part of this change and I don't think my helicopter job is going to be there. <laughs> Uh, this, this is the thought I had because yeah. I started to do the math and the helicopter, which is probably not great, but um, <laughs> I was like, there's the TV person in the back and then there's the helicopter pilot and then there's me and it's very expensive to fly the helicopter daily. So uh, from the business point of view, I was like, mm, okay. So I said, I'm going to just try to take a leap and work for my family company who has a construction company that's been around for over 26 years in Vancouver. And so I'm going to do some marketing for them because we learn a lot of marketing through broadcasting you have to market yourself. So I said, I'm going to do that while I figure it out. I did that. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. My next step tried everything from, I helped out on political campaigns. I ended up doing a little bit of film behind the scenes as a PA. And then COVID hit. And I was like, okay, now I really don't know what I'm doing, which I'm sure everybody else felt <laughs> the exact same way. Oh yeah. And so when COVID hit, my helicopter job, who they did put somebody in after me, got cut. So my job actually does not exist anymore. Um, so I obviously had a feeling I didn't know it was going to be COVID that was going to take it out. Probably if I knew it was going to be COVID, I'd be really rich because if I could predict COVID and help everyone, <laughs> it probably would be different. But uh, yeah, so it just kind of solidified the fact that there are so many changes happening. Like I said, I love the broadcasting industry. I love traditional media and I think there is a place for it, but I think there's something that's going to add on to it and aid it in its lift up. I don't think broadcasting period, they always say is going to die. It's never going to die. It's just changing and shifting mediums. Like when you're yeah. a YouTuber, you're technically broadcasting. Well, when that's you're the a thing. Podcaster, it's you're broadcasting. User generated yeah. content versus some business that like it's user generated now. Um, I watch YouTubers regularly, just as much as I watch TV shows. Like like there's a YouTuber who puts her episodes out every Friday at 1 p.m. So I go and watch that just like I would watch a scheduled television show. Um, it's just they're on a par now, right? So it, it's it's a little bit more accessible to novices, um, but it's still it. You've got to kind of think of them in the same same light, wouldn't you say? Yeah. And they're like, you're exactly right. And they're hosting. So they're broadcasting. Anytime you're hosting, you're, you're, you're broadcasting your message, no matter what it is. It doesn't have to necessarily be news. When you're doing a makeup tutorial, you're broadcasting your makeup wisdom to the masses. And so that's the thing that I think a lot of us have to get our head is like, oh, traditional media is dying. It's not, it's just, it's growing with the new tools that we have gotten. And I think it's going to help just make a better media future for everyone because there's just so many choices. And a lot of these traditional 
uh, stations and TV stations are using a lot, like some of them have their own podcasts. And I think it's just another way to elevate their host shows and elevate their brand. And so I see it as a win for everybody. And so I hate when people are always like, oh, radio is going to die. It's like radio will never die. It never has. And it's the, like we were in taught in broadcasting school. It's the only thing that really, um, well, maybe now that we have podcasting, but radio or podcasting is really going to be there for if we're in a natural disaster. They have the radio station. And, and, and that's true. Like radio stations can still broadcast out when there's been an earthquake and, and everything. If we have an earthquake, if everyone's recording their podcasts on the internet and we have no internet, yeah, how do we get our message out? So, you know, radio has got a purpose um, and, and they all have purposes that you say that because uh when radio came out and then tv came out everybody was like oh radio is going to be done because now we have tv and everybody can access the news or whatever through tv and then it was the internet and then it was this things are still staying we're j it's just evolving along the way but radio like you said will always be there because uh when internet isn't available it can be accessed through satellite so it's there yeah, and there's and just even audio content because I think we underestimate mm -hmm. um, the value of audio content. Visual content requires you to pay attention to something like to use two senses, the both sight and and hearing. Right, you've got to use both of those. Whereas with audio, you can listen and do something else. You can listen to it whilst you're driving without like you're not going to watch a YouTube video while you're driving. <laughs> um, well, you shouldn't. <laughs> exactly. You should. I, I hopefully you wouldn't. Um, but yeah, with audio, um, it, it's actually, I think it's, it's overlooked a lot of the time, but it, it's one of those mediums that could be slipped into every day. You can listen whilst you're doing the dishes, or you can, um, you can have it on while you're working or whilst you're driving, like, um, you're, it, it, it's just one of those mediums that kind of fits into everyday life a lot easier than video content. Well, we also have to remember that there's a population of people who aren't able to visually see things, right? So um, in a world where we're trying to be more inclusive, having um, resources that provide audio and video and visual is, is great for everyone, right? So you can either have one or the other, or you can have both. So it's always going to provide a source or resource or information for people who just can't see it. Yeah, definitely. So uh, Jennifer Lee, what, how do you help your clients? So now that you've moved into podcasting, what is it that you do? Who do you work with? And, and how, do you, how do you help them with their marketing through podcasting? Yeah, so... When COVID hit, I was like, how do I showcase my skills? Because my best skills are me speaking and I, I know a lot about broadcasting. So I decided while we were all in lockdown to create my own podcast and it was called Coping 19. And the re I thought it was pretty funny that I was able to figure that <laughs> out. But Coping 19. <laughs> and I wanted to do a positive podcast on entrepreneurship during the early days of the pandemic, because I was getting so tired of hearing all the negative news in lockdown. And so I have a lot of friends that are entrepreneurs and very successful entrepreneurs. So I wanted to chat with them 
to see how they're, I know everyone hates using this word now, but pivoting their business. <laughs> and I wanted to do that because A, it was a way for me to continue to network with people since we weren't allowed to, because I found a lot of the time when I would interview a guest, they would introduce me to somebody else that I've never met before. And so I was still networking, but I was doing it through podcasting. So I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And then because my family is in the home building area, I, we belong to the Home Builders Association in Vancouver. And I, I did a lot of networking for my parents' company on their behalf when I was kind of trying to figure everything out. And even when I was in the helicopter, I would go to networking events. And so they knew of me and they heard my podcast because like, I interviewed one of the, my really good friends who's an architect and they heard that specific episode and then they called me up and they said, Hey, um, can we meet for coffee? Cause restrictions were lifting for the very first time. And I said, sure. So I met with the marketing director there and she said, we want to start a podcast for Haven because we don't know how long this is going to go on because this is still early days. This is like the first May, I think that, that whenever restrictions mm -hmm. opened up. So back in 2020, and she said, we want to be able to give our clients value because we can't do the typical things that we're doing. And we're not sure when they're going to come back. Like we can't do home shows. We can't do our events, which are very event-based, like a lot of organizations. And so they said, we still want to be able to let the people out there know how great our members are because they vet their members in the construction industry. Uh, they're great builders, great interior designers, uh, great architects, and all the people that belong are good. And, and, and they make a great product. And unfortunately in the building industry, like a lot of industries, there's, there's some people that are maybe not so good and, and they scam people and you're, uh, you never get your house built. So, you know, we want to promote that our members are great. So they wanted to do a podcast and they said, actually, we have another guy that has a background in radio. He used to work in Detroit uh, many, many years ago as a radio DJ and he now owns an audio home company. And so we would like you guys to co-host the podcast. And I said, sure. So I went and I helped them create the podcast. It's called Measure Twice, Cut Once. And now we are in season three and recording season four. And it's been a really great tool for them because even though they're able to do their events, it's a great tool because people know the podcast, they're able to promote the podcast at the home shows. And it just gives them more credibility because they have such great members mm -hmm. to showcase everybody because every episode they have a different member come on, either it's a trade or, or a contractor or interior designer. And they talk about a specific topic. Like when I was just editing, we were talking about landscaping and how landscaping benefits your mental health and not just make your home look beautiful and also during heat domes and stuff how we can protect um our buildings of shade and stuff so you're not it's not salesy you're learning something from these people and you're learning from great experts so when you do go to build or renovate your home you're making uh the right decisions and so they're finding a lot of the times now that through the podcast they're actually contacting the members and saying, hey, can you build or renovate my home? So it's worked out really well for them. And I'm very happy um, to have been a part of it or still be a part of it because um, I really think it's a great tool because there weren't a lot of podcasts in the home building space. There's a lot of TV shows. And the thing is, the TV shows are great entertainment. But when it comes down to it, being a, a daughter of a builder, it, they're not showing you a lot of things and they're not answering a lot of the questions that 
people need to make to make those proper decisions to hire the uh, correct people and put them in place. Yeah, the thing about those TV shows is that they're like, they're, there's always a bit of drama in it. Like mm-hmm. something happens and it's the, the show is about like how they're going to fix it. Whereas a podcast is offering an opportunity for people to learn a, an insider thing, like you said, that you wouldn't get from the show, right? So um, how how do you really like educate people or your clients about how they can start a podcast? Yeah, it just depends on which client I have um, because everyone's different. I think that's the one thing that a lot of people don't realize that a podcast is not a one size fits all solution. Uh, and it's really tailored to your business compared to some other marketing stuff. Like, yeah, a lot of marketing stuff is unique to that business, but the podcasts are really, it, it's really depending on what you're doing and what your purpose is. So I always like to say to people, what is your goal? Yeah. of your podcast because I think one of the big misconceptions is everyone thinks they're going to put an episode out tomorrow and then they're going to be famous and and they're going to get <laughs> all, all this business driven to the man and, and that's and that's not the case so I say if that's your goal then you shouldn't have a podcast because podcasting is um like you guys know it's difficult in the sense that you have to be consistent it's a lot of work and you have to be passionate about it. So I said, if you're not passionate about what you're doing, I said, then a podcast isn't for you. So I always tell my clients, what is your goal? And if they're like, oh, I want to bring more awareness to what we're doing. I think that's a great place to start or want to tell people about how I do this service differently than other people. Then, then that's a great start as well. So I work with... Um, a few different types of industries. So I work with the home building industry. I also work with uh, the colleges and uh, private university sector. And so it really depends on what you want. And I also have somebody in the health and wellness space. So it's just really trying to fine tune their message and see if we can create a great value for the listeners. Because at the end of the day, this is for the listeners. If people aren't listening, then why are you putting all the effort into it? So with the home builders podcast, um, people are getting great value because they're knowing, uh, they're kind of peeling back the curtain of what's going on in the building industry, why a contractor prices things out the way they do, why an interior designer, um, what their process is like. So you're really learning about that industry. And I know that for podcasts, when I first started my business, they said like 90%, I think was a stat. 90% of people listen to podcasts to learn something. So it's a great opportunity for any business. And so when I work with my clients, we really try to narrow down what they're trying to do. Because like I said, I work with organizations and then I work with small businesses. And so a small business is going to have a different type of a podcast than a organization. So like for the organizations, um, I say that they're more like a show and you're learning something and you're still getting that valuable content. But when you're working one-on-one with a small business owner, I try to narrow it down and make them 10 to 12 minute episodes. And we try to go with like, what is the commonly asked questions in that industry? Because I want people who are searching for either a builder or somebody in the health and wellness space, what are the questions they're asking for you? Because that's what you should be doing for your topic, because that's what people want to know. And then they'll be more likely to go with you because you're giving them that added value. So I see podcasting and I don't know if it's going to start changing into many different facets, or I think it will start changing into many different facets that we're just not calling 
them all podcasts because I really think there's a lot of space in the frequently asked questions. A lot of people use them on their website. And I think a lot of people aren't digging into that uh, enough because, you know, as a business, what is your purpose to answer people's questions in hopes that they're going to go with you? Well, it also just makes so much sense from like an SEO point of view, like search engine optimization. Um, if you think about it, like when you need to figure something out, you don't go look up someone's website. You, you type into Google or whatever, and you say, how do I do this? Or how do I do that? And you're looking, you're not looking for like an article or something. You're usually looking for a video or a, or a podcast episode to teach you something. And I think a lot of businesses, especially small solopreneur businesses, think they have to come up with some unique, funny, witty, amazing um, piece of entertainment, but it, they're, they're forgetting that it's purely for marketing and serving their clients. What they, what they need to do is bridge the gap between what their clients, like where their clients are and what they need to know to take the next step. And that's all marketing is really is bridging that gap. And a podcast is a great way to do it if you're answering those questions. Like, why do I need a contractor? Or why would I hire a contractor instead of doing it myself? Or, you know, yeah, like why do contractors cost this much or whatever? It, like, that's the information that the potential client needs to take the next step, which is to get on the call with the service provider yeah. and potentially become a client. I, yeah. I too with oh, podcast sorry. series, sorry, Jennifer Lee, um, of like people looking at podcast series as like the whole chapter of a book. Like they need to bring so much value to someone because they need to showcase their expertise. Whereas I see like um, short podcast episodes as like, uh, you know, a piece of value from that chapter. It doesn't have to be the whole chapter of a book. It's just a little piece of it that you get to keep putting in throughout your different series. So it, it really like the shortness people like to have, um, they, they don't want to spare too much of their time. You know, like if you're giving up so much time to too many things, then you're losing time in other things in your life. So if you can do short episodes that are like 10 minutes, five minutes, 15 minutes, um, you're giving them their time back, which people really appreciate. And, and yeah, that's something that Nicole, sorry, I know we're, we're doing talking here. But that's something that Nicole and I are always encouraging people to do. We have our, our guide to full circle content, which is all about just think of one question you can answer and sit down and record a video or, or an audio where you're answering that question five to 10 minutes. And then you can take that piece of content and turn it into so many things like social media posts or blog posts or reels. And then you can take that and then use that as a jumping off point because people will respond with further questions or say, can you go into that in more detail? And so you can take that one little tiny, like I'm just answering this one question and it, it's like a domino effect or chain reaction with more and more things that you can dive into. Um, so I love that that's something that you're doing with your clients because it's something we're always encouraging our clients to do too, is to just start with one thing, like answering like one question and, and then letting it take, letting it go further. Yeah. I think sometimes just in marketing in general, a lot of us, um, you know, and I'm probably guilty of it too, is that we just want a quick fix and we want to just get that return. But I think 
what I tell people with podcasts is kind of similar to what you guys are marketing is the fact that it's like you're using all these as helpers and you're using them all as tools. So the more you can break down, it makes life a lot easier, A, for you when you're posting. And two, it still brings awareness. And like anything with consistency, you will, it will just give you a better return in the end. Could it take a while? Yes. Will it take a while? Yes. But at least you're doing something opposed to not posting anything and then like posting sporadically. So as long as you have it out there, people do notice. I remember when I was doing stuff from my um, family company and I was doing YouTube videos and things like that. And it took a, it took a few years and we didn't get that many views. And I was like, oh, but somebody invited us to a party for like a showroom and they said I invited you because I saw your presence and they're like you're like a celebrity in the building this year I'm like no I want to go that far I have done some posts like it was just for my family company but you don't realize how valuable that is because sometimes you just don't think people are a listening or or noticing and just because your numbers are low doesn't necessarily mean that people aren't finding that value I have to say, like hearing you say that uh, assumptions in any sort of way really do more harm to you than anything. Like if you assume that people understand everything about uh, what you're trying to educate, then you're missing opportunities to teach them things. Same like if you're assuming that they're not watching or they're not really, you're missing those opportunities to make those uh, uh, connections. So assumptions like really can do more harm than anything. I think, I think we could talk about this topic for hours, but in the interest of, of um, letting our listeners um, have small digestible content, um, we should probably cut it, <laughs> cut it short. Um, Jennifer Lee, is there, if, if you could um, sign off with one like key insight or bust one myth, what would, what would you want our listeners to take, um, take away from this episode? Well, we didn't get to touch too much on it because I talked way too much, but I am <laughs> because I'm a broadcaster, but I just really want people to realize that I think there's a lot of synergy between broadcasting and podcasting. It, we talked a little bit about, but it's similar. It, it, it was, I would say it's exactly the same thing. It's just, you're doing a different medium. And so my biggest takeaway for people is I, I, and I learned this in radio school and I think it's the most mind blowing piece of information, but a lot of people always ask, how many people are you talking to on the radio? How many do you think you're talking to on a radio or in a podcast? One, because it's one person who's listening. Well, you, you, you're the first person to answer that question. Yes, because we're the market. <laughs> you're the market people. Not, um, so, thousands of people. Yeah, everyone says thousands, but I, 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 and I learned this is the most valuable thing, and it relates to podcasting and broadcasting. You're always talking to one person. It's one-to-one communication, and I think that makes the strongest podcast and the strongest um, radio bits because. A lot of people, when you listen to a lot of podcasts out there, um, aren't talking to one person and they're using they or whatever, but it's like, if you're using you, it's more impactful because that person, you're talking to every person individually, you're talking to them in their car, in their kitchen, and it's one. So if you can do one-to-one communication, I just feel like it makes it a lot stronger. Well, thanks for sharing that. Um, That's like an incredible piece of uh, advice for any person. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jennifer Lee. Um, for everyone who's listening, if they want more of you, do you want to let them know how they can find you or get in touch? Obviously, we'll leave info in the show notes too, but 
Yeah. Um, they can find me through uh, my website, jpodcreations.com. Um, you can also find me, of course, on LinkedIn, which I'm Jennifer Lee Gunson. It's a long, it's my long last name. And um, follow me on Instagram. I need to bump up those Instagram followers. I'm terrible at Instagramming. I need your guys' help. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> Jay Lee Gunson. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I know um, our listeners are leaving with lots of insights, especially into the, um, the secret world of radio. <laughs> I think it's really interesting. And yeah, and so thank you everyone for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next episode. Enjoyed this episode? Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out on future ones. Want more from Hannah and Nicole? Visit showingupsolo.com to join the Showing Up Solo membership or to inquire about working with us on your business.